Hello, welcome to the first episode of the Makani Huet Youth Orthodox Podcast. Uh, here we have me, Lulia. To my right, I have Etio. Hello. And to my left, I have Hannah. Hey, guys. Okay, ladies. So we have something to talk about today. But before we get into it, I'm going to give a little disclaimer. We have never made a podcast before, and um, we're not experts at all. So just hang with us, guys. And this, uh, this, this podcast is just to get this conversation going of what, God, what it means to truly be sovereign and in terms of God. And we hope that it will incite further questions and you will do your own research. Yes, for sure. Um, we're not experts on the topic, so this is just our thoughts. Yeah, I feel like this topic is also like a topic that a lot of even seasoned pastors and like teachers would normally avoid um, because it's a really like very big and um, I don't want to say mysterious, but like it's a it's kind of like a mystery. Like it's something. It's not. An and we topic. chose to pick it for our first episode, I so know. I don't know what we're thinking. Great um, picking, exactly. guys. Okay, so anyways, sovereignty of God, right? Before we dwell too deep into it let's just break it down you know what does it mean to be sovereign um for me i just uh googled the word sovereign and i found that it means supreme power or authority and even though it is not um explicitly written in the bible it is uh, an inherent characteristic of god and there is lots of uh examples and evidences of God's sovereignty in the Bible as well that we can uh, talk about as we go further. Go Google. <laughs> um, so when I think of God's sovereignty, I think of um, God, I mean, I, I think the the word sovereignty always just means like like how T.T. said, supreme control, um, the ultimate power or control of, over everything. So yeah, that's the first thing that rings to me when I think of sovereignty, that just the word. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we've established that God is sovereign, or like let let's let's establish that God is sovereign, um, because I think Titi, you mentioned earlier that it's not written in the Bible. Like that characteristic of God is not like specifically written in that in the Bible. But um, is there evidence that God is sovereign? Um. I personally think that there is um, throughout the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, we can see that nothing was just happening random and that God was in control of everything. He knew everything that was happening. And to just state a few examples in Job 42.2, uh, it says that I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Uh, Job is saying that if God wills something, if he wants something to happen, it will happen. There's nothing that can uh, stop his will from happening. He has the ultimate power and control to make it happen, basically. And um, in Matthew 10, 29, 31, it says, uh, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the Father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not therefore you are of more value than many sparrows um here we can learn that god is uh, even to the littlest things that we can think of 
the hairs in your hair it is under his control and that he is um he is in in knowledge of it and that it's not something that escapes his mind or his will what do you guys think um like when i think of uh the sovereignty of god and how we how it's like seen and everything that he does um this is what i think like uh especially like in creation normally when we try to explain god we try to see all all the, the things that are around us like the nature that is around us to explain his sovereignty and for me when i when i wake up in the morning that there's the fact that there's a morning every day the sunrise the sunset but also at the same time like uh the little things like the our hair right it says that they're numbered and everything that falls out that god is like he can he controls it pretty much um and also like in psalms 33 uh 10 11 it says that the lord foils the plan of the nations um can you read that for me which one the lord foils the plans of the nations he thwarts the purpose of the people but the plans of the lord stand firm forever and the purpose of his heart through all generations so god's sovereign like plan and purpose is actually much greater than nations and even our own purpose in our own lives and our own hearts too um so god is sovereign over everything that we do and that's there's i feel like there's so many ways we can see his sovereignty um through our life, through the things that is around us, and um, even sometimes, like, in the little things that happen in our lives, like, there's this book that I read a while back, um, and I'm rereading right now, it's called Trusting God, Um, and I'm going to quote something from what he says in the book, he says, uh, no detail of your life is too insignificant for your Heavenly Father's attention, and no circumstance is so big that he cannot control it, and from the little thing to the biggest thing, from the good to the evil, God is in control over everything. Yeah, I actually like the part where she brought about the good and the evil as well, because um, in Lamentations three thirty seven and 38, it says, who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Is it not from the mouth of the most high that both calamities and good things come? It's um, sometimes it's kind of hard for us to swallow that God is still in control when bad things are happening because there are lots of bad things that happen in the world and we're not insensitive to all the uh, terrible things that are going on and people hurting but I think more than anything there's comfort in knowing that God is still in control even over those horrible things that we can think of yeah so we've established that God is sovereign right but uh I have another question for you guys. Are you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Good. Great. Okay. So, um, so in scripture, in God's word, we see that God has absolute authority over everything, but yet he gave us freedom, free will, right? Um, these are so, um, these are really different principles. So how can they work together in our salvation? It's a tough question, I know, but that's um, why I'm here, so. <laughs> oh, God. This is, like, one of the questions that I would love to avoid regardless, like, especially when we're having conversations about sovereignty of God. I'm looking at the other person. I'm like, please don't ask that question. But um, the free will and sovereignty of God is something that 
it's actually really hard to explain or to say this is black and this is white uh, but one thing is for sure is that the sovereignty of God throughout the Bible is mentioned as much as it, like the free will of people is also mentioned um, so we see those two things throughout the whole Bible being equally mentioned um, and like one thing that I want to say is that God's work and man's work are not the same at all and the fine line between God's like sovereignty and our free will is something that we cannot understand we cannot explain at all and one example that I want to use is the one when uh, people of Israel were uh, being freed from uh, like the Egyptians uh, who actually oppressed them for five, for 400 years it says that God like literally like he intervened in their hearts the people of Egypt to give away all their goods and their golds and everything right and the bible it says that he they gave away free will but God had to play a role in it too so like where is the part where they actually gave it away with their own free will but at the same time God's intervention intervention with his sovereign power too so like you really can't tell the the point where God had actually like violated the free will of the people it's still under his sovereignty and then it's also at the same time within their free will too so it's actually really like it's what I would say is it's not something that we can comprehend it's not something that we can actually explain away his ways between those two things are mysterious and it's not for us to explain um but another thing when I think of like uh God's ways being mysterious between the lines is um when I think of the story of like the people of Israel, this, David said, he says this one verse in Psalm 73, it's always like blows my mind. When we think of like how God uh, separated the Red Sea and made a wall, we, th- we were like, oh yeah, he did that. Like it's, that's actually a really cool thing. But it says that even the waters, the oceans did not know that there was a way between them. And when they saw God, they started trembling, right? And it, it keeps going and like, it's a very poetic way of saying it, but it's so true. Sometimes even when we find way between something, even the way doesn't know that it had a way, if that makes sense. So that's how it is. Like it makes no sense in our head to say that God is sovereign and he can intervene in our will, but at the same time we're doing it with our own free will. Makes no sense, but that's how it is. And I'm going to quote again from the book and he says, uh, we can trust God. He does sovereign intervene in the hearts of the people so that they make decisions and carry out actions that accomplish his purpose for our lives. Yet God does this in such a way that these people make their decisions and carry out their plans by their own free and volunteer choice. Again, makes no sense, but that's the truth. The hard truth that we have to swallow, I guess. Yeah. And um, I know that can be tempting to say that uh, we don't have any will and that uh, if it's if he's the puppet master, then I guess whatever I do doesn't matter. But that's, that cannot be furthest from the truth. And uh, in the Bible, we're repeatedly told that we're responsible for our decisions and our will, right? In Ezekiel 18, 20, it says, The person who sins will die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquities, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. So our decisions and how we exercise our free will does matter, right? It can have a huge impact to where we can end up for eternity. So our will does matter and it and it does exist. 
That is true. But also, like, I want to give a little cautious when I say that God is a sovereign over even sometimes, like, he can interview without without our free will to carry out his purpose. But there's, there's one thing we need to keep in mind. God is never the father of sin. He's never the author of sin. So when we're sinning and when we find ourselves in multiple, like, I guess I can say failures, right? He's not the author of sins. And we cannot blame our own actions and our own uh, sin and our own uh, failures and, like, uh, I guess... Yeah, since we cannot, we can't blame it on God and God's sovereignty. We can't use it as an excuse to uh, run away from our own responsibilities. And every action that we do actually comes with the consequences. When Abraham actually sinned, uh, and he he like he bore a son from um, Agar, and instead of waiting for God's promise, it, it still did not interfere in God's sovereign purpose. But Abraham had still to, to like bear the consequences of his own sin, right? Um, so we should always keep that in mind. God is never the author of sin, regardless if he's sovereign over every little detail of our life. Yeah, so, um, you know, when we look at it in terms of um, just coming to Christ in general, like, fortunately enough, you know, all three of us were raised Christians and we had, you know, we had it. We had all these stories as as kids and stuff like that. But uh, what what if you know you come to uh, Christ late on in your life? Is, did God like you know? Did God just control that aspect of your life, or was He just like you are going to be a believer now? Is that how it happened? And um, I think Ezekiel chapter thirty six, verse twenty six to twenty seven, um, kind of sheds some light on that. It says. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Is that like a a heart transplant? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, almost. And so, uh, yeah, that's just to say, like, you know, as humans, we're always going to choose what we most desire. And by our human nature, we're we all desire sin, right? But when we receive this grace that Ezekiel's talking about, receiving this grace, we suddenly begin to desire God. And this means that like when God saves us, he's not forcing us to choose him. Instead, we are making that willful choice because God gives us this new desire, this desire for him. So in a way, our willful choices, like our free will, is one of God's main means of bringing us to faith in Christ. Uh, and we just have to remember that that desire for God is not is not from us. It's actually a gift from God. And uh, yeah, that's that's the in, that's basically the intro to to our sover- to sovereignty of God. And at this point, we know what God's sovereignty is. Um, we know how how He works, and uh, you know every detail that He puts into this world. And so. If he's in control of every detail of our life, just to wrap it up, how exactly, like, what does that mean for us? What exactly does that mean in our day-to-day lives? Um, It's kind of like an application question. What do you guys think? Um, What do I think? Uh, So, God being sovereign and in control over everything, for me, gives me uh, comfort because I know that he is, uh, he, he loves with a perfect love, right? The, per- the best love that I can think of in my life, which is 
constant and no matter what I do will still be there is my parents love and they look out for me and they do everything for me but God does everything they can do a lot better and more right so that's the kind of love that he loves by and he has infinite wisdom which means he knows what I need and he uh, he has the he's the source of the wisdom he knows what I need and he knows what exactly uh, needs to happen and he is sovereign and in control to make it happen so no matter what happens for me in the bad and in the good it uh, gives me comfort that God is in control and that I can trust him in prayer and submit everything to him with uh, a heart that can rest no, full knowing that I'm handing it to a capable God what do you think um that is actually a really good point TT like it gives us uh comfort and also like I want to say um for me it, it gave me the more reason to trust God um in times of like not just in times of good I mean I feel like it's easy for us to say oh God is sovereign when good things are happening right when everything is going like how we want it I guess or like when everything is comfortable and good it's easy for us to say oh yeah God is sovereign, like he did it, but then when something really bad happens, um, or something that is outside of our plan happens, and then we're like, wait a second, God, where where are you? Like, how did this happen, right? And, like, that's when our faith, or, like, our trust in God is questioned. So knowing that the sovereignty, God is sovereign over every little detail of my life, and regardless of it being bad or good, he's still in control, literally. That makes you feel very, um, it just gives you a good reason to trust God. And, like when I think of sovereignty of God, I also think of like it's not just like sovereignty of God. Of course, He does as He pleases, right? No one can say to God, "Why did you do this?" He does as as He pleases. That's a hard truth to just accept. And within that, the sovereignty of God is also His goodness. Like yeah. everything He does in His sovereign will is for our good. So that just gives you even more, more, more reason to trust God. So like one thing that I learned from the sovereignty of God is to trust Him. But quickly, I just want to like tell you guys two stories that I've been like uh, reading in uh, what is it, the book of Acts, uh, Peter and uh, James, I think. Yeah, Peter and James. Um, they were both like arrested at the same time, right? Uh, in Acts twelve, uh, Peter and James were arrested at the same time, but James was actually executed at that time, and Peter, God saved him in a miracle way. It says that he uh, unshackled him from um, the prison, and he God rescued him. So it's really hard to say, like, why did James not rescue? Uh, I'm sorry, why did God not uh, rescue James then, right? Because they both had the same purpose. They both had. It's really like, did God choose Peter over James? It's so hard to um, to see, like, why. God does God have favorites exactly exactly and then you think of the people behind them for example I'm gonna use their wives as an example here okay so for James wife she lost her husband and Peter's Peter's wife she got her husband back in a miracle way so how do those two wives process this of course Peter Peter's wife is gonna be like oh my god God is sovereign he rescued my husband but it's gonna be so hard for James wife to say God, God is in control. It's okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It would be so hard for her to say. So the sovereignty of God in that, to see it at that time is really hard. And that's why learning about sovereignty of God to me is telling me to choose to trust God. Because tr- trusting God is not an emotion. It's a choice. It's a decision that we make in our own life. And to make a choice and a decision, you need to, you need to have like a knowledge to back it up, right? Yeah. Exactly. So the sovereignty of God is like, it became like a knowledge for me to say, okay, well, 
this doesn't feel good this hurts this is painful this whatever is happening right now in my heart is really really painful for me to bear but i am going to choose to trust in god and again i'm going to quote from the same book i've been quoting throughout this whole um talk but uh, this is how he said uh, this is how James wife would process the pain um, trusting in God does not mean she does not suffer grief that her heart does not ache it means that in the midst of her heart heartache and grief she can say something to the effect of Lord I know you are, you are in control of this dreadful event I do not understand why you allowed it to happen, but I trust you. And she's making that decision to trust him based on her knowledge of the sovereignty of God. And I've quoted this again multiple times before too, but the sovereignty of God comes with its, with its goodness and with his love. So God in his love always knows what is best for us. I'm sorry, God in his, in his love always wishes what is best for us. In his ultimate knowledge and wisdom, he knows what is the best for us. And in his sovereignty, he has the power to, to make it happen. So even when we see the good end of our adversities, and then even when we don't see it, the sovereignty of God is a good answer for us to trust him. Amen, sister. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, this has just got to be the best podcast ever made. And I personally want to say that I think I was the star of the show. But uh, no objections to that. But yeah, anyways, thank you ladies for your brilliant insights. And thank you, yes you, for taking the time to listen. Um, Stay safe, stay happy, stay blessed. Bye.